Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Okay, so um, you've been dating uh, this person for a couple years and you've moved in together and you think you know all of each other's secrets. You know, you're just like, like, oh, like I know everything about them. They know everything about me. You're going through um, – you have like this attic and you're going through some like stuff. You're like putting some stuff up there and then you see like this cardboard box that's like covered in dust in the corner. And let's say – that this is like their family home and that like, they inherited it. And so you, you're living there with them now. And you go through the stuff and you find these like these like diaries, these old like these like diaries and they're written. And they seem to be the diaries of your partner's parents that lead you to discover. So you just start reading them. Because you're just like, I, I mean, it's a, it's a mystery. I have to. And they're at work all day. So I'm going to be looking this. And you go through the diaries and you find out that your significant other's parents are siblings. And so you go downstairs and you are just like, what do I do with this knowledge? And you <laughs> – your, your partner comes home and you're like, I, I just have to spill it out like – I'm sorry, I looked through this stuff upstairs and I found out like these diaries and like I just didn't know your parents or siblings. And they're like, you don't understand. And you're like, what? And they're like, that's real person fic. Like I <laughs> I wrote real person fic about my parents being siblings. What do you do? This is Same Day Shipping, the show where we geek out about real love and fake relationships. I'm Colin. I'm Kelly. <laughs> I'm Ryan. <laughs> I'm Patrick. 
I, I mean, mean is short it good? answer, you you just you break up with them. <laughs> I think you need to find out how old they were when they what? Wrote. They Whoa, kept that's... them. They no no no. Someone... It doesn't. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Okay, this is they, this is a the more incest... questions you ask, the more questions you'll have. Scenario. It's okay. So they they wrote it recently, and they made it look old by like tea staining the pages. <laughs> what oh, was that's the, fun. Did they have a purpose for this? Did they just, want you to find it? No, it's just like for their own self. Yeah, I. I, I, I <laughs> and then no, and, this wait, is disgusting. and so they don't live in the in the family home anymore, do they? So the did they parents? go there the parents, on a weekend recently? No, and the parents are dead. The parents are dead. Let's oh. just say. Okay, so the parents is, are dead. No, no, they're not dead. Let's say that they. Okay, all right. No, let's they're say al- that they're dead. Let's say that they're dead. <laughs> they're they're alive, and but they live. Uh, they uh, left that house because it was like too much to maintain. So they like moved into a condo. Okay, so the is SO there, lives in the house though. With you, yeah, you both live there. Is okay. there sexiness in these diaries? Yeah, I mean, there. It's it's not like overt. There aren't sex scenes. Let's say it's just like. Uh, but we know in real life these two people have had lots of sex. Oh yeah, because they're married. Yeah, I, you don't just marry your sibling because you, you don't like the sex. No one married their sibling. This is wow. all in your SO's head. All of the fucked up parts are in your <laughs> SO's head. But it's just thick. It's just thick. <laughs> okay, I think honestly, writing RPF is a bad sign yeah already it's yeah. kind of bad yeah writing rpf about people that you know mm. double I lo- bad i love okay. rpf and i love rpf of people creating you know. incest where none exists with people you know <laughs> mm, 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 mm. well hold on wait <laughs> is creating incest where none exists for your fic somehow worse than writing incest <laughs> that was there <laughs> right like you take a real instance of incest and, and romanticize like, it all right that feels worse not. i don't know this it's whole like, thing I think it's like you, what if she didn't hate being fucked by her brother I think you have to ask <laughs> oh, the questions right but i think you are also making plans for where you're gonna live once you leave this house yeah i mean i think you need to have an exit strategy for sure I think I mean, you need to uh, ask these questions after you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> by like email, by email. <laughs> these, these are text messages later. <laughs> yeah, or you've got like police officers in a van listening to the conversation oh, right. twenty wired. yards away. Well, that's the thing that, that it, this isn't illegal. No, to write so RPF. No, yeah, and you can't really. And it's like also so embarrassing for him or your or her. Like you, yeah. It's also not like you you can't get a restraining order over this. You can't. How is I don't know what he's going to tell his parents about why you broke up. <laughs> also, he doesn't have. OK, here's another thing. He doesn't have any siblings and he's never tried to do any like weird like s- things with you. Sibling what do you mean, like, weird things like make you call him brother. Yeah, there's no. And, and like to your knowledge, like this is like out of nowhere. How well written are these diaries? Pretty yeah, well sort, written. Sort Pretty, by like, kudos. Like pretty, yeah. Like sort by kudos. It's like probably up there. It it's like written like really like pretty beautifully. Actually, is it better or worse that the diaries, the like the the fake diaries, are hidden, and so like we can infer that he only wrote them for himself. Yeah, they're only for him. 
Um, I, don't I mean, know. I don't know. I don't like, know. like better or worse than said... being on the internet? Yeah. Yeah. Or I better think... or worse than him, like, these? making you listen I... to him read them aloud. Yeah. I think when you said real person fic, I really reacted strongly <laughs> to the sexual, like, my... yeah, when no I shit, RPS, Ryan. <laughs> that's what I think. It's like, it's all going to be NC-17. It's going to no, be, this like, is rated really teen. gross and stuff. Like, so I guess, because a lot of people, when they start writing fiction, write what they know. Right. And then one of the things I've gotten in class, too, is like, just change the change a fundamental element of this thing. That's what, you know, and then it'll open you up. So, like, he took his parents who are his only family. And then he's like, well, what if they were siblings? And he doesn't know anything about siblings. because Right. Have them. He's like, so but I know two family try- members. Yeah. He's trying to, like. <laughs> I guess it's a it's just a writing exercise. I guess because there's you no- think that the, that that is a writing exercise. <laughs> I think it has to be because what else is it? Because it's what not it- sexual. If if yeah. I thought he was writing sex scenes between his parents in which his parents were brother and sister. Okay, it's probably sexiness level of a VC VC Andrews novel. Oh. So- so it's kind of spicy, kind of spicy, spicy, but not explicit. You know what I'm saying? Also, Is do he... do we know for sure, for sure that his parents aren't siblings? Like maybe this is him like trying to deal with uh, that revelation. <laughs> do we know for sure? Yeah. Okay. Um, to anyone's knowledge, like I, I think he knows to the same extent of for sureness that like all of us know. That our parents are not related. Right. Okay. You know like what I mean? You, Aside you from like him, someone doing 23andMe or something, you know? You ask him, you're like, oh my God, is this like based on reality? And his response is like, well, how can anyone be for sure, for sure about anything anymore? <laughs> right. Like, what is, are we awake right now? Is this a dream? What is Yeah. It? Like, you've heard my simulation theories, right, babe? <laughs> yeah, babe. I've heard those theories. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I think it, I think it's definitely weird. I guess I'm talking myself off the ledge on this because mm. it's mainly just weird and it's just a writing h- hobby. Yeah. I mean, I would think it's pretty fucking sick. But why? Personally. How is it sick? It's just taking, I mean, because people write about people they know all the time. I guess it's just the idea of like making the parents siblings. Like to me, but there's like so many they levels. They inherently become not the parents when you are writing. Right fiction about two people and you change something so fundamental right the physical right. descriptions of them are exactly the same the <laughs> like all the other stuff is exactly the same like their mannerisms everything like that and there's like real events that you've you have been, okay in the in the stories mm-hmm. there's like one recounting of like of like an event that you were at and it was like uh a diary entry of one of the parents and then like it includes scenes where you were so like everything is real there and then it includes scenes of like the parents like going away and like hiding and, and talking, talking about, about how they're siblings <laughs> <laughs> i guess the like yep, I, yep, i'm yep. picturing these as middle-aged adult people settled uh-huh. into relationship how much di- if you aren't <laughs> writing the sex scenes mm-hmm. i mean you're writing different some is you are writing sex scenes? But they're not like sexy, sexy. You know what I mean? It's like fade to black scenes, right? So it's like we get a little bit like he pulled my top down and then like we he did this. He pulled it and- down? Was she wearing a tube top? <laughs> <laughs> that 
That's upsetting. He rewrites his mom to be wearing a tube top all the time. Yeah, yeah the only difference is that her siblings is and his mom her. wears tube tops. <laughs> oh god! I mean, it's almighty. weird, but it's. Mm. I it's don't like know. it's like who's in control in that situation. I mean, right. honestly, it sounds like a fucking fascinating book, and you said it was beautifully written, really beautifully written. And it's from the perspective of one of the parents, or does it change perspective throughout? Changes the... perspective. Sometimes so, it's it's one, sometimes it's so. The other. It's like two diaries being written, and it has but completely separate, different pa- voice. separate books. Separate. Books. Oh man! So it's like the uh, Twilight Companion book, where it's from Edward's perspective. Yeah, yeah. Midnight. Perfect. Fun. I love it. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe hit your hit your start at this guy's wagon. Like, it sounds like he's going places, it, writing some cool stuff. Fucking, this could be hot fire, and uh-huh. you're about to have a really nice home because he's going to be a literary millionaire. <laughs> yeah, he's he's the next Nicholas Sparks. Um, do you guys want to know what this is from? This is from something. <laughs> I'm hoping it's from a recent trip to Micah's parents' house. <laughs> well, it's like kind of from something. It's like a minor thing. So, uh. I was reading this V.C. Anders book and it was like, it turns out these parents are siblings and I was just getting so disgusted thinking about it. And I was in the bedroom and Mike was in the living room and um, he didn't know like what I was doing or anything. And so I like just call out to him and I was just like, Micah, what would you do if you found out your parents were siblings? (laughs) And his response was, they're not. And I was like, what? And let's never talk about it again. <laughs> like, and so I was picturing him being like, what did you find? <laughs> it's not real. I, it's much more it's disturbing or much more of a thing if they are siblings, not that you <laughs> wrote a novel that no one else is going to read. <sighs> Anyways, oh, that's what that's from. They're not. Oh. They're not. Oh, I just busted goodness. up laughing. I was like, okay sounds fake but okay <laughs> i love the idea of you just shouting commands from the other room <laughs> what would you do if you found out your parents were siblings they're do not you, do you ever just like make little challenges for him <laughs> yeah yeah and then you know he has to try and like finish them in interesting and unique ways we're talking oh. taskmastership's today there we go. That was oh, it, right? I see yeah. what happened there. Colin was he Colin was getting was there. like Ryan is off book. <laughs> <laughs> um Ryan and I have been watching Taskmaster. It's great. Highly recommend. It's a British show um in which a group of comedians as individual competitors compete to do stupid tasks um most effectively. Uh each season has the same uh the same comedians on for the whole se- uh, season. Um, it's host. It's created by Alex Horn and then hosted by uh, by Greg Davies and um, Alex Horn as the as the co host. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I like it a lot. And you're just you're watching these on YouTube. You can watch them on YouTube. Um, uh, they like and it's the official like Taskmaster account. Like we'll upload certain seasons, mm-hmm. but it rotates which seasons are available. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you start. I think right now you could watch like one through seven. And so what's an example of a task we're talking about? You will like, okay, you you will, uh, they all do them. Sometimes they do group tasks, but most of the time they're separate. So they'll just like walk out onto this um, field and there's like a pedestal. And then on the pedestal, there's like um, a, I don't know, uh, a, 
a cookie and then um the note will be like do something unexpected with this cookie most unexpected <laughs> task wins your time starts now or it's like you have 20 minutes your time starts now and then so they just have to do something like really unexpected with a cookie so they all Ooh, masturbate sh- around it yes yeah, say, yeah. you, That's you the set most us up for an okie cookie mm-hmm. um or like one of the ones they had to do, this was a little bit more intense, was they had to uh, make a meal in which they used one thing from every letter of the alphabet. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, they, they range in like, and okay. then sometimes they'll do this funny thing. So it's the show has like a mean spirited, but like not that actually mean spirited take to it. It's like, obviously, they just give each other shit a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they'll always pick like one person <laughs> that they will tell them to do like that person will think that everybody is assigned this task, but only they had to do it. Oh no. And so like one of them was like this guy, um, th- this guy who's like very quiet and like reserved and like his thing is being like awkward and weird. Like that's his brand of comedy. And they give him a bounce house and they're just like, have the most fun in this bounce house. You have 20 minutes. Person with most fun wins. And then, so it's just him like kind of weirdly bouncing around in this bounce house. So it's it's really funny. Oh, God. It's just like very lighthearted and, and just the kind of thing, the kind of escapism that like I've been wanting. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. And usually, wow. so there's four, there are five contestants and usually like one of them finds a way to subvert the task to do whatever yeah. it is that they that they want uh, you know do the goal in a really efficient smart way mm-hmm. um mm. like in one they had to carry like you know those big exercise balls those big inflatable <laughs> balls had to carry them and a yoga mat to the top of this very windy hill uh but there were too many balls you couldn't take it in one trip um mm. so you could pop the ball or you could smash the ball. Yeah. It's, it's just fun. It's just fun there times. Was, okay. There's one task and I think it's season eight, so I won't spoil it's okay. who wins or anything. But one of the tasks was that Alex Horn was going to be standing like on this bridge that goes across a, like a railway track. So he's like kind of up above and then they have to start from like pretty far away and they have to try and approach him without him seeing them. <laughs> And he, he every 10 seconds will like go underneath so he doesn't see and then will like blow a whistle and then come back up 10 seconds and then go down. So they have to like keep track of like when the whistle means that he's looking and when he's not. And so it's just a bunch of them like running around and like trying to like spy hide. It's very funny. It's a very goofy fun show. And like Kelly said, it's great escapism for like everything. You won't think of any current events. No. (laughs) Ever. You'll just be thinking like, I would really thrive at being on this show. That's you, what you'll be thinking. Yeah, sure. you'll be thinking like, oh my god, if I was a taskmaster, yeah. I would do this to my friends, and they would love it and hate it, and I would love it all the time. Yeah, it's great. So, and I it mean, helps you discover like some British comedians that you might not know about. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, it's great. Um, so we were just denouncing real person fic, but do we have ships from the show? Is that what we're? <laughs> Unfortunately, I do. Mm. Let's hear it. But it's a it's a friend it's it's a it's it's a it's I like their it's I want to see them lovers. go on a road trip together, and maybe there's only one bed in the hotel. So <gasps> <laughs> no, I I want to see them go on a road trip, like maybe do one of those kind of like road trip shows mm-hmm. of and Greg look, Dave. They're, they're of, only being one bed in a hotel doesn't mean 
That yeah, I've not just shared be a bed. No, I've shared, I've shared a bed with probably all of you guys. <laughs> I think so. At this point. Maybe I just at meant, one time. <laughs> <laughs> I just meant in the you know, in the thick trope. Yes. Right, right. It could, I mean, but that's the fun of it. You don't know which way is it going to go. Is it going to be like a, a wacky weekend with friends or is it going to be like that one episode of Roswell that I saw? <laughs> yeah. Classic. Two, 285 South, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so I, this is from season eight, which I don't know if you've seen yet, Ryan. You saw it, right? Oh, yeah, it has Joe Thomas on it. I saw the beginning of the season, but I no worries about spoiling me or it'll okay. just get me excited. So I loved the relationship between Sean Gibson and Greg Davies. Sean Gibson is um, she's like a Welsh comedic actress and uh, impressionist. She's so fucking like silly and um, and just like like just the personas that both of them bring to the show. I, I always like when people are like, well, and, Gre- and we pieces. haven't described it for people who haven't seen the show. Greg is kind of a grump. Yes, he, he has straight he has up. A, he has a sense of humor. Like he's fun. He's a he's a comedian. He's funny, but his like his way he is a taskmaster is usually to be a to be grumpy and dismissive and uh, mocking. Like okay. literally, sometimes like they'll be like, "Okay, your task." Because at the beginning of each episode, they'll be like, "Your task is to like." There's going to be a prize at the end of this episode, and the prize is going to be. Um, we asked each of you to bring in your most, um, your 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 most impressive thing, and then so they would each bring something in, and then the person that wins has to take all of these things home. And so, like, what you know, someone would bring in like a selfie of them with like their comedy uh, idol, and then he would just be like, "That's horseshit! <laughs> like, that's a horseshit <laughs> item!" Like, he will just straight up, or like, you know, just if. He always has like one task, one person that he like kind of picks on each season, and so like he'll just be like, obviously this person's in last place, so it's like kind of jokey. So he's like yeah. grumpy, but with a sense of humor. Yes, and after about five seasons, he gets a beard, and <laughs> he goes something. from like being you know whatever good looking to being like hot. Yeah, the beard no, levels him up. The beard I, is is a level up for sure. For sure, like it truly. I was like, he, like the second I saw him with the beard, I was like, he's so tall. He's so like, <laughs> like I just love the way he like sits on his throne because he does sit on a throne, and Alex Horn sits on a little throne next to him. <laughs> I'm like, just like the way he's sitting on his throne, like he just seems so confident, and like he just like he's just so like broad and like big, and like he probably has to buy his clothes at a special store because he's so <laughs> tall, like that kind of thing from the beard. But the beard brings it out. Like it's true always, but then the beard makes you really have to face the truth of it yeah right. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at pictures of him without the beard and oh, don't stop don't don't no, what are the, you the beard makes so much sense. oh if you ever watched in betweeners he plays the teacher like the main teacher in that i don't know if any of us other than me yeah. watched in betweeners so uh, no. he's like that right sean gibson is very tiny um red hair she's very like um like outgoing and bubbly and also like so everyone has different styles for how they approach the the tasks right her style of approaching every single task is like i don't know fuck it <laughs> hope it works and like she'll like do something crazy and half the time it does actually really be successful but so like i just love the idea of like this grumpy you know person having to like deal with this like very 
um, silly and but both of them are really funny, mm-hmm. like very silly and like outside of the box thinker. Um, I just like the idea of them having to go on a road trip together. It's like a uh, gender swapped uh, Andy and April from Parks and Rec. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she's very like, cause like literally like, okay, they had this one task where they had like, um, like nine tables in a grid and there was a bowl upside down bowls on all of them and some of the bowls had uh, uh pink lady apples under them some of them had a green ball one had a green ball and then some of them had uh i don't know like lemons or something and so you had to you couldn't once you touched a bowl you had to un to, to reveal it and if you revealed the green ball you lost okay so like some people if you looked around, you would see that there were clues that showed you what was under each thing. Mm. Um, so different people did different things. Other people found out that if you went under the table, you could see through the slats and see what was under there. Sean's approach was just to randomly <laughs> pick them up. <laughs> <laughs> and, be, and she actually like got every single item and then accidentally, the last thing, she accidentally got the oh, no. Yeah, But like... So her, that's the way she does things where she's just like, I'm just going to barrel into it and hope for the best. And he calls her out on it. He's like, so your approach was just, fuck it, I hope it works. And she was like, yeah. <laughs> so I, I like that. that on a road trip is what you need. You need a little of that energy. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. No, I like sure. this a lot. Yeah. yeah. So that's mine. Do you have one, Patrick? Uh, so I was going to, at first, you know, obviously insane, like taskmaster ships. I was like, Oh, taskmaster from Mm -hmm. the Marvel universe. Right. Um, and, but like, I didn't really, there's a, uh, there's a recent arc in amazing Spider-Man where he and, um, black ant are doing some stuff together. And I was like, maybe I can ship those two. But then Sarah and I started watching Queens Gambit last night. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, there's this janitor guy who, Plays mm-hmm. chess, uh, mm-hmm. his, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Scheibel, um, uh-huh. and he, he love he me teaches... some Mr. Scheibel. What's that? I said I love me some Mr. Scheibel. I love me some Mr. Scheibel too. And you know, uh, this is one of those dangerous ships where I've only seen two episodes of this show. So like, his character could take a severe turn, and I don't actually know what I'm talking about. But the William Scheibel that I know from these first two episodes, um, I I. I love him, but I feel like he's obviously missing something, right? Mm-hmm. Like he has a skill for chess. He has a passion for it, but like, you know, he doesn't do anything with it until like a little girl like comes into his life and like demands to be taught how to play chess. And I feel like if he just had someone who gave him a little bit like of motivation, who was practiced in making people who are very skillful apply their skills in positive directions that he would he would be all the better for it so i am shipping him maybe in not a romantic sense but certainly in like a mentor slash uh like a keeper sense dasha from killing eve you guys watch season three of killing eve I don't Hold think on. I made it to season three. Is this, this so? This is a new character I wouldn't have seen in the yeah, first in, two? in the okay. first two seasons. So, Tell Dasha, me about I don't think Dasha. I saw this person. So she, uh, so I mean, check out season three. Then it's it's up on Hulu now. I think it's only been there for um, a little bit. But she is like a former um, gymnast and uh, you know Russian assassin who like acts as uh, Villanelle's new handler. Um, 
but she has this like such this cool like disregard for what like Villanelle thinks she wants um and like has uh, like through the course of the season does some like fucked up shit to like get her on the right path to actually achieve the goal she wants to achieve even though it's going to like hurt Villanelle's feelings so I think Mr. Scheibel just needs a fucking Russian assassin behind him oh yeah to get him like out there and like kick an ass at chess yeah oh so your vision for him is that he will do the queen's gambit himself that's right for some reason i thought you were gonna say michelle pfeiffer from dangerous minds and i was like this is bad that (laughs) is is bad bad. dasha is good dasha's good dasha's good (laughs) but here's the problem with the dasha Hmm. and not like a problem with your ship just i like uh stirring up drama once he's there and he's a master he's a grandmaster at chess himself he'll be uh, playing in tournaments in Russia and she's going to try to turn him into an assassin as well because that's oh, the only no. life she knows. That's right. Shit. That's how they can stay together. Well, she's trying to get back to Russia. Like that's She's been in exile mm. the whole time. Oh. So like part of what she's doing with like serving oh, maybe the that's 12. Why he, maybe she's yeah. using him. Yeah, she's just using so him. Because to... he's going to get to go to tournaments in Russia once he's really good. And then she's then obviously she... got to go with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but then she starts to like be super proud of him mm-hmm. when he's when he's like doing really well and she like like gets finds herself being too connected to his success because she's too connected to him. 100%. Now, That's is this so like a young uh Mr. Scheibel who's been uh discovered or is this him like post Queen's Gambit? I don't know. I almost feel like this has to be a, an AU cuz like I I think he needs to be a little bit younger. Then he is. <gasps> maybe he becomes, maybe Dasha, like the experience with Dasha is what leaves him to be a janitor. Right. Mm. She breaks his heart. So he has these glory moments and this whole thing, he gets pushed yes. and then now yes. he's retreated. He he grew too powerful in his mm. chess playing, ruined mm-hmm. too many lives. And also like chess represents like the deception that he thought that he was under because he thought she cared about him. Wow. Mm-hmm. And yep. it explains when he meets Queen uh Queen Gambit that he's That's like the character's name, yes. Yes, yes Queen Queen Gambit. Gambit, uh, Queen. Yeah. Um when he meets her in the basement, he's like very, you know, standoffish at first because he doesn't want to become Dasha himself. <gasps> oh my god. But oh my she's gosh. too powerful but in she's the ways too good. of Gambits. Yeah. Oh, she gambits so hard, that she little gambit. Gambits so hard. The Sicilian. Oh. I, I was following that, that show. <laughs> I know what I those things are. It to the extent that a person who doesn't know chess can follow it, which is pretty mm-hmm. far. Yeah, it's like watching the Keanu Reeves movie The Replacements, having never watched football. You get the idea. You get the idea. You do start to expect every movie is going to have a jailhouse dance scene. <laughs> and then you find out that's not a staple in football. It teaches us it's not a thing about football and it's not a thing about cinema. Only like eight <laughs> percent of movies have a jailhouse dance scene. Have you guys seen Christmas Chronicles? No. No. It has a very intense jailhouse dance scene. <laughs> what? Yes. What? Really? Santa goes to jail and then he uses his Santa magic to turn I think little Stevie from little Steven from uh the E Street Band and uh, the Sopranos is one of the guys who's just like there and that's when you know there's going to be a musical number because at first you're like why are you here 
It's like, wait, why is La Bamba from the Max Weinberg <laughs> 7 in this scene? And then they do. They perform and Kurt Russell sings. It's oh my wild. God. Did you like that movie? I heard it was good. Uh, the first one is good. The second one is more of a kid's Christmas movie. So it's mm-hmm. less like something an adult who's alone at Christmas wants to watch. Mm-hmm. I'll no. be honest. The cartoon elves in the thumbnail is what kept me from watching it this year. They are the first. They're more in the second movie. The first movie, they are minimal. You barely know about the elves until almost. They're about as much in it as in the Santa Claus. So they're there. Mm-hmm. But it's not like they're not that big a deal. All right, but I agree that that that's the most kiddie element of Christmas Chronicles. Gotcha. Mm. But it's like, as it, I'll accept if it's just shoehorned in as like a cash grab to try to broaden the demographic. Yeah, I think it's for little kid, and it's okay. Christmas movies are allowed to be for little kids. Mm-hmm. I won't. I won't get that mad about it. Ryan, do you have a Taskmastership? I do, and it's from something I binge watched during the holiday. Um, in addition to watching seven seasons of Taskmaster, I watched a show on Amazon called The Wilds. Have any of you guys sampled that one? Oh my one? God, you have told me. I need It's my next to watch. Okay, well, I'll keep it spoiler light, but essentially it's a, it's a TV show um, on Amazon Prime about a group of young women, teenage girls, who are on their way to uh, a, like an, a female empowerment summer camp. On a private jet, mm-hmm. and that private jet crashes in the middle of the ocean, and they end up on a deserted island, like Lost. Oh, wow! Like Lost, it's it's a it's got some Lost in it for sure. Um, and one of the things that they do that's like Lost, which I really enjoy, is that each episode there's a couple different timelines happening all the time, mm-hmm. but each episode does focus on one of the girls, and you get to see her home life. Before she trapped on the got lost on the island, so it's very lost in that way. Okay, interesting. And one of the girls has kind of they all obviously they've all had trauma. <laughs> That's what we find out unites them all is that they've all been through some shit before they were trapped on a island starving to death. Um, and one of them, her name is Dot, and she emerges as the leader on the island. She watched a ton of survivalist shows on TV when she was before she watched Survivor. She watched all these man versus wild, all those kinds of shows. So she like knows what you should do when you're trapped on a deserted Island. And so she finds herself as kind of the leader on the Island and the leader in terms of like, we should build shelter. Here's how we'll do it. You know, all that stuff. So that's dot off the Island. She was, she had a tough life and her dad was, her, she's an orphan now. Like her dad's dead. She's got a she's got a tough life. But on island, she's the taskmaster. And then there's Fatten, who is off island, was like a cello prodigy, prodigy and beautiful. And I mean, she's still beautiful, I guess. But was like the most. <laughs> yeah, she's eh, she looks her totally face fine. didn't get all busted up when they <laughs> crashed. Totally busted, but she was like the she was like queen bee. Mm-hmm. ish mm-hmm. of all of these we just like above it all and all these things but a lot of what she had to give in terms of popularity and coolness kind of dissipates a little bit when you go on the island because you're just a person and you got no need for a, being, uh, a, a cello prodigy on an no island. you don't need a cello prodigy popular girl who's really and she's also part of her thing is like she loves men and sex um 
that's making it that's kind of reducing her but that is like part of her thing like that's her favorite hobby uh is cello is like her job but like Mm -hmm. fucking dudes is her hobby all right um and the show doesn't shame her for it people in the show do sometimes but like so essentially her favorite hobby is not available to her and neither is her what was her her day job of celloing gotcha um and so there's kind of conflict between dot as like the person who's telling everyone what to do and fatten who's like this is i used to be able to tell people what to do and now i have no skills that are useful here Mm -hmm. um so i i like their dynamic and how they kind of work through things um i don't know that i don't know how romantic i feel like if they fell in love dot would get heartbroken Mm -hmm. so i kind of don't want them to fall into deep love in my mind well, do, Honestly, you, do you, mm-hmm. can they fall in love on the island, or they do they have to fall in love back in civilization? I think they could fall. I think they could find a bond, and also like I think Fatten also is like she's also kind of horny because she's bored. Mm. So I feel like she would maybe use Dot, but maybe they could use each other in a way that like they enjoy, and then just think of fondly when they're back on off the island, if they ever get off the island. Dun, dun, I'm dun. picturing them as Jack and Sawyer. Like they feel very much. Oh, of the you know same. what? That's a great. There is some Jack and Sawyer for sure. But if Jack was less privileged off island, mm-hmm. like if Jack had a harder life, sure, sure, sure. So but almost yes. more Locke and Sawyer. You know what? She's totally the Locke of the island. This is a this is a Locke and Sawyer thing. Sorry, Kelly. It's okay. <laughs> but this is. It's like ooh, it is with a little Saeed because remember Saeed had skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's the thing. I guess I was picturing Jack just because Jack made his whole character about uh, controlling what the other islanders do. Whereas like Locke, yeah, Locke had like a different life off island, but on the island, he kind of fucks off and does his own thing. Like he'll yeah. grab Boone yeah. and make Boone his puppet. But the great like the greater population of the island, he couldn't give two shits about because Locke was very like a singular individual. No, definitely Dot is, if someone was going to be, like, inheriting the island, I would definitely look to Dot as person who would be So it's that. a Hurley-Sawyer thing? <laughs> well, the the Hurley island inheritance is way late game. Yeah, so. that is, they test a lot of other people first. You guys know I am endgame only. <laughs> oh, okay, um, so that's my ship. I'm sorry for talking about something you guys haven't seen. I hope no, I... No, how, how is it? Is it is it good? I loved it. Um... It's like, and but I, it's that's kind of a genre that I enjoy, like the movie, the show, The Society on Netflix, or The Island, or like there have been a few other things where it's like, um, kind of sci-fi slash supernatural plus a bunch of teenagers on an island or yeah. you know on their own figuring it out. I think mm-hmm. it does a really good job of letting these teenage girls be three-dimensional characters with flaws and. Mm-hmm. complications and and aren't they may be pawns of someone bum 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 but they're uh, not uh-oh. but it's not like the patriarchy it's like you, you, t- sure. you get to take away a lot of this dumb stuff society does to people and then lets people be human but um i don't want to spoil it anymore but it okay. it is good it is worth seeing and then when you finish it you'll probably be ready for season two so nice cool yeah uh, Colin, did you tell us a Taskmaster ship? 
Uh, not yet. Are you guys uh, ready to hear one? I am. <laughs> I don't know, man. Cool, very cool, very normal response. Yeah. <laughs> I thought my pitch, my like softball toward you was like very appropriate. It was but super. If I could have just been like, I'm sorry. I, no, no, I could have been like, sure, sure, ha- uh, sure haven't, but here she comes. <laughs> <laughs> Down for the count and running out the door. Here I go. <laughs> <laughs> two opposing uh two opposing actions being down for the count and running out the door. Oh yeah. But no. um mine comes from uh the classic uh teen romp can't hardly wait. Yay! Um and the taskmaster in this movie, she wants one simple thing from everybody, but nobody wants to play along because, you know, it's their last night being high schoolers and they're all just get, doing their own side story. Most of them don't even have names, including her. I'm talking about the uncredited Melissa Joan Hart as yearbook girl. Aww. She's so, uncredited? She's, yeah, yearbook well, girl she was is uncredited. Famous at the, she was probably the most famous person in that movie at the time. Yeah, I think it was like kind of and supposed to be Hitchcockian, like it's like sure. what a twist. That, oh uh, yeah, yeah. We Can got we got the teenage witch to be in our movie. Um, although I kind of remember her from the trailer, but maybe I'm inventing that. Um, but anyway, so Melissa Joan Hart plays yearbook girl, and she's running around and constantly just wants people to sign her yearbook, and she wants to get mm-hmm. everybody at the party because these memories are the memories that we have to preserve for the rest of our lives. And like, you can't recreate high school, which, you know, some people would say like, that's, I mean, that's really a major through line of the movie. You've got the Mike Dexter storyline where he's like the hero of high school trying to hang on to that glory. And -hmm. then it's like, obviously, you know, the popular jocks are going to be the ones who like fall short and they're not cool in college. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they never like live up to that glory. And I don't think that that's what Melissa Joan Hart is after. She just wants to capture these moments in time so she can treasure them for what they were, Um, Mm -hmm. as is the case of Reminiscing Guy. Do you guys remember this character? From Can't Hardly Wait? Yes. I'm trying to think of this guy. So uh, Reminiscing Guy, he like always wants to tell stories about the good old days. Mm-hmm. He goes up to the main character while he's trying to hit on Melissa Joan Hart oh, yeah. and like tells a story about how he duked his pants or whatever. But like that's his whole thing is he wants to reminisce. The movie ends, everybody's storyline is concluded and it ends with yearbook girl and reminiscing guy discovering that they have this common interest. Oh, that's and they, right. Yeah. I've totally like, forgotten. This is total this is a canon ship. This is a canon ship. I want to emphasize that I think they should stay together forever mm-hmm. because she's, as we see her, she has a plan and she mm-hmm. insists that other people follow that plan. A yep. bit of a taskmaster, if you will. Oh, good, I good, think, good, good, good. Now we see how we got here. Yep. I think that reminiscing guy is in grave danger of becoming a Mike Dexter in mm-hmm. his own right, but not because... He was like mega popular and is like scared that his life will never live up to his, you know, quote unquote peak when he was a teenager. But just that he has too much fun in the past. And it's like truly his hobby and his passion is just like, you know, 
reliving uh, things that have already happened to him. And without yearbook girl, he could get stuck in that loop. But I, I imagine that she's like goal oriented and, you know, has projects for him and encourages him to push his boundaries and is like totally there to remember the good times and preserve them. But keeps him moving forward and, well, you know, being a yeah, productive yeah, uh, what, adult. What, what she does is she acts as like an archivist, right? Mm-hmm. That she can be like, we collect these stories and they are, they come from the past. They're mm-hmm. not where we are now. Yes. We have to keep making more memories. Yeah. She wants to make an entire scrapbook of the summer after senior year. Yep. That means and you got to gonna... start doing some stuff. And he's going to be in every picture. Yeah. They're so sweet. So yeah. that's my ship. I love this. Your book girl and reminiscing that. guy. Thank you for reminding me of that final that moment in that movie. Do they yeah, start was... making out or are they just like into each other? I cannot honestly I'm having a hard time remember. I feel like they're in the diner, like mm-hmm. sharing a basket of fries. Like yeah. remember the next morning when that's everyone's kind of nursing yeah. their hangover. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike is so mean to the nerd. Mm-hmm. And they he thought they were friends. Oh. Yeah, because they shared a moment, and yeah. Mike like shares his insecurities about like what's going to happen to him after high school, and then the nerd reaches out to him and offers him something, uh, you know, more substantial in the friendship, but he falls back on the you know I'm a jock bully trope, and then we get the lower third that says that like he grows up to be a loser. Yeah, which he deserves. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. It's it's a fun one. Patrick. Hey guys. Yeah. Two relationships. <laughs> Anyone can call for that. <laughs> no, you do it always. You it's do it and if we have an awkward years. silence, it's because Patrick did not say his oh, line on time. Holy shit. Hey guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.